you so much for listening to today's episode of Success Beyond the Lens podcast, where I have Chris Lynn Shelton, a licensed CPA and QuickBooks Top 100 Pro Advisor. Crystalline has such an inspiring story of going from working 70 plus hours a week in corporate to starting her business on the side. Crystalline left her job in 2010 to manage her business full time. In this episode, we talk about how it's okay to not be a quote unquote numbers person. She helps her clients understand those numbers and how to take care of their finances. I am so honored to have her here with us. Let's get on into it. Hey, all you lovely listeners, welcome or welcome back to Success Beyond the Lens podcast season six, hosted by your new host, me, Sabrina Chapman, executive client experience manager and employee at SBTL. Come along for a ride in this season as we chat about some of the nitty gritty upkeeps of running a business that could be contracts, finances, insurance, 401k and different legalities. While these topics can be scary or daunting or intimidating, they are still super important when starting and growing a business. Lucky for you, we've got your back with an awesome lineup of guests to help mark these off your checklist and take some weight off your shoulders. So let's skip the cliche, grab a pen, paper, and coffee, and just jump right into it. for joining me on today's episode of Success Beyond the Lens podcast. Today, I have Crystal Lynn Shelton. Hi, Crystal Lynn. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Sabrina? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you today. Oh, me too. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and the business that you have? Yeah. So I got my degree in accounting, and I worked in the corporate world for probably 15 years or so. And within those 15 years, I worked some grueling hours, typically 60 to 70 hour weeks. And as a result, (laughs) yeah, I felt like I was going to reach burnout. And so I decided to look for some other options, right? So I did some research and Also, at the same time, I got a project that required us to convert our current accounting system to a new system. And so in going through that project and searching for something, you know, that was more conducive to like a balance of, you know, work and and my my personal life, I discovered that I enjoyed teaching and training people. So that project that I had. I was tasked with training the accounting department, which is was my group, on how to use the new accounting software. And so by the end of writing training materials and actually delivering that training to my staff, I actually realized how much I enjoyed that. So I decided to actually pursue that, but with small business owners. And so I pursued my certification mm-hmm. in QuickBooks. I landed my first training opportunity, which is an adjunct instructor at UCLA. This was back in 2009. I still teach for UCLA today because I really, really love that. But I also am a business finance coach. And so I meet with small business owners who need to understand their numbers. They're not understanding their numbers because they've got a bookkeeper that's doing the books or they're actually the person that needs to manage their books. And so they don't really know where to start. And so I just enjoy teaching um, small business owners 
you know, the importance of managing their books, whether they're doing it or whether someone else is doing it. Oh, okay. So you, you do do the bookkeeping, but you're also just, you can also just advise them if they already have a bookkeeper? Well, the majority of my clients, they do their own books, but I have a few clients that I've taken on and I actually do the bookkeeping. But my specialty is teaching business owners how to manage their own books, or I'll teach their staff on how to do manage the books properly. Oh, okay. That's nice. I, sometimes I feel like maybe if I get too overwhelmed, I just like want to hand my stuff off to somebody else and let yes. them take care of it. Yeah. But at the same time, the satisfaction I get of being able to do something myself that, you know, like to be able to do it myself, but have you advising me on how to do it properly and correctly you know you you're already mastering this whole thing of owning a business Mm -hmm. and then running the books on your own as well that's just like yeah you know you're on a cloud nine well yeah and as as you said you know a small business is typically where all the hats right because in the beginning it's just you so you're the marketing Mm -hmm. person you're the you're the virtual assistant, you're the accountant, you're the bookkeeper, you're everything. (laughs) And so, you know, it can definitely be challenging. And so that's another reason why I tell business owners, even if you don't plan to manage your books, you want to understand how it works. Because the last thing you want is to be held hostage. I can't tell you how many times people come to me and they say, my bookkeeper left and I don't have a clue as to what to do. <laughs> like too many times that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be, I know even when, like if I start a new job or anything, the way I like to be taught is understanding how everything works. It's not just, okay, do X, Y, Z. It's like, why am I doing that? Yeah. Why, you know, tell me a little bit of the background. Um, so I can see how that come in really beneficial because and and possibly even too, do you have any clients that notice errors that their bookkeeper has made? Oh, and yes. from your teaching, they're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, I was taught that I'm supposed to do this, but you're telling me to do this. Yeah. Like, do they catch any errors? They do all the time. And so that's another reason is you're there's no way you're going to catch errors if you don't even know, you know, how right. things are supposed to look or how to manage the book. And so at the end of the day, you're the one out there hitting the pavement, making the money. And so you should want to know what's happening with your books, right? Because um, it's just too much opportunity for someone to commit fraud. I've just, I've seen it all. (laughs) And so I just tried to encourage small business owners that this is something that's going to empower you. It's going to give you the confidence to ask those mm-hmm. questions and to start looking at those reports to see what's going on in your business, you know? Yeah. And maybe that even helps with cutting somebody else out as the middleman, you know, instead of having somebody else take care of their bookkeeping, they can do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And that eliminates having to hire somebody else, paying somebody else to do something on that they can take care of themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a lot of different strategies and tips that I give my clients so that a lot of it really you can automate. And so, you know, people envision bookkeeping as, oh, I'm going to be sitting there crunching numbers all day. It's not that. Yeah. Because with accounting software products out there like QuickBooks and other software products, those products do the heavy lifting for you. And so someone like me will not only teach you how to use the software properly, to automate a lot of things so you're not sitting there wasting your time being a data entry clerk 
You're literally mm-hmm. just making sure things are recorded properly and then looking at those reports to see how your business is doing from a profitability standpoint. Okay. So at the end of the year, they're not scrambling around trying to get their information together. They kind of have already done it yes. all throughout the year. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly the goal is to eliminate the mad dash to tax season, right? Because okay. January 1st, it's like this clock goes off and everybody is to pull in data from the last 12 months. <laughs> Right. I I only do my personal taxes. I don't even have business taxes and I know how stressful that is. So business taxes, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then if you have any employees on your books that you're having to pay and, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing in the payroll, like, yep, you know, my head would just explode. (laughs) So it's nice to know, like, I I am not a numbers person. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to have QuickBooks like you said, to have things automate for you, that's just, that's a great business tool to be able to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you can do. I mean, one example of automation that I always do with my clients is connect their bank accounts and their credit card accounts to QuickBooks. And so that allows all of the data to just automatically import into the software. You know, and if I take that a step further, you can teach QuickBooks how to categorize those transactions. So let's say, Uh for example, you have a Starbucks charge. You can teach Uh QuickBooks that every time a Starbucks charge comes through, I want you to categorize it as, you know, a meal or, you know, some type of expense. And so that way it's doing the heavy lifting and you're just reviewing and approving things, which is really nice. Neat. Yeah, I've noticed that on my own bank account, um, which I don't use QuickBooks, but I've noticed that sometimes it'll try to categorize it. And I'm like, where did that come from? That's yeah. kind of cool because then you could go to see where all your money is going. You're like, dang, uh, I'm spending <laughs> a lot of money at Starbucks. <laughs> my bank actually does the same thing where I can go online and it's categorized things and then it'll show me the totals for each category. Like you said, so you yeah. can see where all your money is going. <laughs> Yeah, might have to budget it a little bit more. Take some off your coffee. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So I know you keep saying that you work with small business owners. So you don't work with large business owners, or or what is the cutoff? Um, Like, how do you determine if they're too large of a business? I wouldn't say that there's any business that's too large, but just my niche probably is small to mid-sized businesses that would use a QuickBooks software, for example. So if you're a company that where QuickBooks is just not a robust enough system for your business, then Mm -hmm. you're not in my little niche, so to speak. I shouldn't say little because there's like uh, millions of people that use (laughs) QuickBooks software. But I would just say probably businesses that I want to say the cutoff for the QuickBooks software is if you're a $20 million business or less, depending on the type of, you know, um, business you have, you could use QuickBooks. But if you have more like a manufacturing type business, probably not. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even realize QuickBooks really had a cutoff at all. 
I mean, yeah. that makes sense because anytime I do hear of QuickBooks, it's for small to mid-sized businesses using it. I guess mm-hmm. you don't really hear of, like when I came from the corporate world, you mm-hmm. didn't really hear of QuickBooks for their business, you know, exactly. something else. And even the companies that I work for, I mean, we use software like SAP and Salesforce, you know, those are much larger software packages. Okay. So if I am starting a business, at what point should I look into hiring an advisor or a bookkeeper? Yeah. So typically what I recommend is you partner with really a CPA or an accountant from the start. So in the beginning, even if you don't have the budget to have someone manage the books for you, you hire a CPA or an accountant to help you decide what accounting software will work best for your business and then have that person set the software up and teach you how to use it. Can you explain a little bit of the difference between a CPA and an an accountant? So the difference between a CPA and an accountant typically is an accountant probably has their bachelor's degree in accounting and a CPA actually has sat for the CPA exam. And so they have earned the title of CPA certified public accountant. So that's the primary difference is I was an accountant because I have my degree in accounting. And then when I sat for the CPA exam and passed it, then I became a CPA. So those are the primary differences. Yeah. Between. The yeah. Two. So a CPA can be a CPA and an accountant, but an accountant cannot be a CPA. Right. Not unless they've passed the exam. Like, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I say that, you know, the bookkeepers also can help you, but you have to make sure that you hire a bookkeeper that has the expertise in multiple accounting software packages so they can advise you on which one is best for your business and also help you set it up or set it up for you. Okay. So what should we be looking for? What kind of questions should we ask to make sure that they're the right fit for us? Yeah. So typically I always give out or I always tell people to take a look at the QuickBooks accountant directory. And so Mm -hmm. if they just Google QuickBooks accountant or find a pro advisor, either one of those, they'll find, they'll see that there's a link to an, a directory. So the Intuit mm-hmm. directory includes people like me who are certified in QuickBooks. What's nice about that directory is you can put your city and state in there, or you can search by your zip code if you want someone locally. And then when that person's profile comes up, you'll see the QuickBooks certifications on that page, along with customer reviews. And the industries they specialize in. So it's a lot of terrific information, which helps you kind of determine who you might want to reach out to. And then people like me, we offer a complimentary initial consultation. So I'll Mm -hmm. offer a 30 minute consult to meet with that person, learn about their business to see if it's a good fit, and then provide them with an action plan to get them up and running on QuickBooks or whatever the accounting software is we need to to take care of. Okay. Do you have do you have an industry that you specialize in? I typically specialize in just any type of service based business is my expertise. I will take a product-based business on, but it really just depends on what type of product and how intricate, you know, that business is. But any type of service-based business, I'm always, that's always something that's in my 
purview. Okay. So like Jen's business, Success Beyond the Land, she does services or like say a nail tech mm-hmm. or yeah, anything or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. I have, I mean, my current client base, I have freelance photographers. I have uh, consulting businesses. I've got a latest client, actually two that have their own hair salon. So absolutely any business and even the hair salon has products that she sells in addition to, you know, providing the mm-hmm. services that she sells. She also has a few products, which is, you know, perfectly fine. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. So can you tell me a little bit about like, I know that you, you say that you teach your clients how to better keep track of their books. How specifically do you teach them? Do you do like virtual calls? Do you, you know, do they go through classes? Do they read books? Do you do mm-hmm. one-on-one meetings with them? How do you, how are you able to teach them? Yeah. So that's a great question. So one of the things I'm really excited about is I just launched my first online course. Oh, cool. It's been in the making for the last six months. So I'm just like thrilled to get it out into the world. Um, And so that course really teaches small business owners from the beginning of actually how to set up your books, how to record your income, how to record your expenses and how to prepare for tax time. So those are the four main goals of the course. So they can go to my website, purchase the course. The nice thing about it is you can watch a video or two. You know, whenever you have some spare time. So I've broken it down into really short, you know, videos so people can have time to just kind of take it all in. They can access it through the iPad, computer, their cell phone, and it's available 24 seven, right? So a lot of small businesses are busy during business hours, but maybe at midnight they have some free time. They can log in and um, mm-hmm. watch a video or two. So that's my most recent uh, way for people to learn how to use QuickBooks. But then I also do meet in a virtual setting like this, one-on-one or in a group setting if they've got multiple people that need to be trained on how to use the software. My clients are located all over thanks to technology. They don't, they no longer mm-hmm. have to be local, right? And so I have clients located in multiple states that I work with. Mm -hmm. So, so the typical process is I meet with you initial consultation. And if we decide to work together, then we set up a training plan. Right. And so we'll meet, you know, once a week or twice a week, depending on what the agreement is. And then once I get my clients ready to where they're, they're ready to, you know, move forward on their own, then what we set up is a review. And so what I like to do is either I can review your QuickBooks on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, or annual. So we'll figure out what that cadence is. And then I can come in, review their books. And when I say come in, I mean, literally, they just give me access and I do it from my computer. (laughs) And so that's typically how it works. But my goal is always to get my clients to a point to where they actually don't need me. And that just means they don't meet me on a day-to-day basis but more mm-hmm. so as a reviewer, which is what it mm-hmm. comes down to, or, or doing an audit, if they, if you will. That's another term we use, but yeah. Okay, so your online course, that's kind of a go-at-your-own-pace type of thing. Exactly. And some clients might finish the course and be good to go, 
Whereas some clients are like, uh, you know, I still kind of need some help. And then they're able to reach out to you for some more one-on-one support. Yeah. Well, actually, great question. Because one thing I didn't say about the course and one thing that sets my course apart from the others that are on the market is clients have access to me as they're going through the course. So when you purchase the course, you get access to a private community. And the only people in that community are small business owners who are taking the course. And so they can mm-hmm. post their questions there and the questions get answered either by myself or another QuickBooks expert on my team. So mm-hmm. there, yeah. So it's not like you buy the course and you're on your own. It's like, no, you have access to me and someone who's on my team who knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so we support them, we support all the small business owners, you know, regardless of how fast or slow they go in the course. Once they buy the course, they've got us. Yeah. Do your clients have access to the to the course lifetime? Yes. Or is it? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Cool. Lifetime access. I also include a copy of my latest book, which is Mastering QuickBooks 2023, because everyone has a different learning style. And so in addition to having videos to watch, I also want to appeal to the people who like me, We li- I like to read. And so within the course, I reference chapters that are applicable to the topics that we're covering. So if they are a reader, they can go back to the book and just sort of read through that chapter to solidify what the video taught them as well. Yeah, that's nice too, to be able to have something to reference back to if I'm like, crap, I have a question real quick, but I know that it was answered. You can go to your book. Maybe I have some notes written in there or something highlighted or something Mm -hmm. like that. Just a Mm -hmm. quick reference. That's that's really great. Yeah. Good. Do you have something that came up to me? Do you have clients that come to you that use other programs other than QuickBooks? And that's when you maybe refer to them like, hey, QuickBooks is a is a great program to be able to use. And that's when you start them up on it. Yeah, so I have I definitely have clients that come to me and they're using other programs, but typically it's just like for one thing. So they're using HoneyBooks and, oh, I'm just invoicing my clients out of HoneyBooks. Are you doing anything else? No. Or Square, like the lady that, one of the ladies that just started with me that has a hair salon. She's using Square. It works great for her to take payments from her customers. But when it comes to being able to review detailed reports, she wants QuickBooks because she wants to be able to run that profit and loss statement and look at her sales to see you know, what customers are her top customers, what are her top selling products, you know, and QuickBooks has all of those detailed reports in it. And so um, what's nice is they come to me and they're like, well, I need a whole package. I've got this I'm using, but I want the whole enchilada. And so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So some of your clients might have already had QuickBooks for a couple of years and they're like, I still don't understand it. You know, I need help. And then some of them are brand new QuickBook users and they need to just figure out how to use it from there. Yes. Do you find one type of client used it for many years or one that's beginner any easier than other clients to teach? Like maybe if they're already set in their ways. (laughs) Actually, not really. I, you know what? I'm always impressed by the people who have been using it for years and what's so interesting is they don't even realize, like a lot of these people, they think, well, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I've been using it for years. And then when I review the file, it's like, you're doing a great job. 
for someone who doesn't know what they're doing, but they don't have the confidence because they never were really taught. They kind of just figured things out. But a lot of times what people don't realize is that's the best way to learn. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that their QuickBooks file is perfect. There's always room for improvement or maybe things they could be doing better. And so obviously I will share that information with them. But a lot of times, if they've been using it for a long time, they've run into mistakes and they've made their mistakes and figured things out on their own. Brand new folks I love as well because I get to sort of teach them, you know, how I do things. And so yeah. they kind of like really gravitate to that because they don't have any kind of process or procedure already in place. And so yeah. they're terrific because they're like, you know, a sponge, just ready to soak up everything I have to share. <laughs> so I do enjoy that type of learner, but I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I, I love all my clients that come to me in whatever shape or form they're in. <laughs> yeah. And then also going back to, you know, the clients not having the confidence Mm-hmm. They've probably never had anybody telling them that they're doing a good job. Like you said, they're just figuring it out on their yeah. own. And they're like, well, you know, I hope this is right. I guess we'll find out. Right. And then have you be able to come in and like, no, you're doing a good job. You're doing it the right way. That's like, yeah. phew, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> actually doing something right. Like, that's just... <laughs> You know, a, yeah. a huge lifted off your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree with you because I have to put myself in their shoes, you know, take off my accountant, my CPA hat and my accounting degree. And like, okay, if I didn't have these things, I would probably feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure of what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Do the clients that have payroll, are they a little bit more difficult to take care of? Whereas... Uh, small business owners that might be just themselves on there? Actually, the only reason why payroll is not difficult for me is because I had a job where I started out as the accounting manager. And then for whatever reason, the payroll manager didn't work out. They fired her. And guess who had to take over payroll? (laughs) I did. And Mm -hmm. I was not happy about it because I knew payroll was like a beast. (laughs) Even for someone with an accounting degree and a CPA, I was like, oh my gosh, payroll is going to be a nightmare. So because I have experience doing payroll for like 1,500 employees, I did that for like five years. I am comfortable with payroll because, you know, payroll and QuickBooks is nothing compared to what I had to deal with in corporate. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's just a few more things you do have to be careful about making sure the taxes, you know, are set up properly. And again, the accounting software does it all in that it automatically calculates the paychecks and everything. So there's really oh, no nice. heavy lifting. The key with the payroll is setup. If it's set up properly, it's going to run on its own once you get it set up, right? One of the jobs I had before, I was there for. I don't know, like two or three years. And I wouldn't say like, honestly, it wasn't the best management team on there. So it could be part of the problem, but they went through like four or five payroll people in the two years that I was there because they just had so much work. And they were like, you can't get all of this done with one person. You need to have somebody else on there. It's just so much information coming in. So yeah, Yeah. I totally, I I can understand that, but to be able to have QuickBooks, kind of run that through for you that's so helpful. Yeah. And that's the other thing with my clients. If they come to me as a startup and it's just them, 
And then I love to see them grow to where, okay, I'm ready to hire my first employee. Let's set up payroll. I love Mm -hmm. just seeing that growth, you know? Yeah. And then also what's nice is when we set up QuickBooks with the payroll, because they have a payroll feature that integrates, everything is in one place. When you go out to a third party and you use a third party service, it's difficult to get the data into QuickBooks. And not saying you can't do it, but it's typically a manual process. And so I prefer to just use the payroll product that QuickBooks comes with because it's already integrated. When you are your reports, all the payroll information is there. You're not like, okay, how do we get this in here so we can actually have it on the reports? It's just there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, just mm-hmm. start it from the very beginning makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. So what about businesses that different entities um, like mm-hmm. LLCs or sole proprietor or do they do you handle their advisements any differently are there is their bookkeeping any differently I don't know if I'm asking the right question mm-hmm. or not yeah so the great thing about QuickBooks is it can handle multiple entities all those entities you described LLC S Corp C Corp nonprofit And so basically there's a setting that you just tell QuickBooks what your entity type is. Mm -hmm. And the reason why you do that is because it will categorize things from a tax perspective based on your entity type. But in terms of the mechanics of how you get the data into QuickBooks and record it, it's exactly the same for pretty much all the entities. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Do you handle only business accounts or if somebody needed to come to you that had, you know, personal accounts and they needed help with, do you take care of both of those or do you only do the businesses? So I've had clients that have come to me and they wanted to set up their personal as well as their business. And Mm -hmm. so I would either recommend that we set up, when you do that, you've got to set up two different QuickBooks files because you never want to commingle business and personal funds. Even okay. though I've seen this a lot, it's a, it's really not a good idea. And so if a client wants to set up their personal, I absolutely will do that, but it'll be a separate account from the business one. But okay. yeah, I would say, you know, there's probably other software out there they could use, but if you're going to be using QuickBooks for your business and you're going to get familiar with it anyway, you might as well use yeah. the same software for your personal. Yeah, definitely. What What's your reasoning for... Why do you think that it's best to keep them separate? So from an IRS standpoint, it's a no-no, <laughs> most important. And then, but then really from a business standpoint, you never get an idea of how well your business is doing on its own if you have all the funds in one account. So you're, let's say, for example, many small business owners They still have a nine to five like I did when I started. Mm -hmm. My business was like, quote unquote, my side hustle. Right. Right. And so uh, my paycheck, part of that was going to help fund the business. And so you never really know how your business is doing on its own if you've got all the money in one pot, number one. And so it's better just separate, better to separate things, because if you ever want to apply for a line of credit or a loan, the first thing they ask you for is a financial statement. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to have personal funds on that statement. You just want to have, they just want to see the business activity, you know, your income and your expenses. So 
as soon as possible, if you are commingling funds, I recommend you open up that business account, even if you still have to transfer money from your personal account to the business account to fund it. That's fine. At least you're keeping a record that you've invested money in that business because maybe, you know, you need to keep track of it that way because maybe one day the business will be able to pay you back. And mm-hmm. even if the business can't pay you back, what if you have a potential partner that you meet? A lot of times investors want to know how much money have you invested in this business? And mm-hmm. you want to be able to tell them and you okay. won't be able to tell them if everything's in one pot. Right. <laughs> so okay. that's, that's a, another reason why I recommend it and it needs to be separate. Okay, I understand. I know that you had kind of said that this was your side hustle. So kind of going back to how you started your business, how long were you with the corporate business? So the, the, I know you said you were working grueling hours at the beginning. Yeah. That time in between, were you still working your corporate business while you were trying to grow your own business? Tell me about that, how difficult that was. Yeah, it was just because I had a demanding job. I was in management. And, you know, when you're a salaried employee, you're expected to put in however many hours it takes to get the job done. Right. And um, so it's just a big responsibility. And so what I did when I was growing my business is I would take clients typically on the weekends or on those days when I was able to leave the office at a decent hour after hours on the weekday. So it made for a long day. But I was motivated because I knew one day I was going to be able to leave corporate. And so I kind of just kept that goal in mind while I was like not getting a lot of sleep (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, I was like, this is, you know, this is how it has to be done. Right. No one. Most people can't just quit their job and just, okay, I'm just going to do my business because you're not making enough money in the beginning to even pay your bills. So that was your goal the whole time, knowing that you would eventually leave to be able to start your own. Yeah. Yeah. So I started. Yeah. So I got my certification during that time, my QuickBooks certification, that is. And Mm -hmm. then I also landed that adjunct instructor role at UCLA. So it was also getting experience teaching people, which was really important because I didn't have any experience other than me teaching my employees, you know, at my job, how to do their job. But the teaching experience was imperative in the classroom, as well as I still teach for UCLA, but I teach online now because I'm no longer in California. But that teaching experience in the classroom was invaluable. (laughs) It really, really was. Were you able to use some of those tactics that you used in a classroom? Are you able to use those in your virtual setting? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's really important. One of the things that kind of takes my clients a little bit or catches them off guard is I'll ask them to share their screen and have them drive. So I always explain to my clients, you're not going to learn by watching me do everything. Learning comes by doing. And that means you have to do it. And so that's why I have them drive and I talk them through what needs to be done. And it just really sticks. After the first session, they're like, you're right. I'm remembering what to do. It's like, yeah, because you did it and you weren't just sitting there passively watching me. And so that's the thing. Like, I might demonstrate something, but then I'm always going to give the client, okay, now it's your turn and I'm going to be quiet. And if you need me, I'm here. And let me just see that you understand what you need to do. 
Yeah, nice. So when you left the corporate world, did you already have quite quite a bit of client base or was that a struggle at the very beginning when you first left your corporate job? Yeah, so I had my client base, which was pretty good. And then what was nice is my clients were sending me referrals. And so that was terrific, too. And so it was a struggle, but it was still nice to, you know, you just it's there's nothing like waking up and being able to decide what your schedule is and what your day is going to look like. Right. You're in control of all of that. (laughs) And you know what? If I wanted to take a day off, I didn't have to go request it. I was the boss. (laughs) So that's that's my absolute favorite right there. So, yeah, it was a struggle, but it was just so worth it. It was so worth it. Yeah. And then having the referrals come in kind of solidify that, you know what you're doing. Like, you know, if you have referrals, that means you're doing something right. And somebody's sending somebody they know your way, you know, it's exactly they like what you're doing and how you're teaching it. You're just like, yes, something right. I made the right move. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I was getting referrals and I didn't even have what they call a referral program in place. It was just like my clients were just like, oh, I'm referring someone to you. I've referred this person to you. I'm like, wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Did you get overwhelmed at any point? I did. And when I started feeling that way, I actually reached out to a colleague of mine who taught at a local college not too far from where I lived. And he had um, some potential accounting interns. And so I actually ended up hiring an accounting intern, which was wonderful because that person, again, is like a sponge. They want to learn everything they can from you. And they were, she was really excited about applying what she had learned in the classroom to like some real accounting work. Yeah. So it was fantastic because it also put me in a position to be a mentor, which I loved. And then even when she stayed with me, I think she only had two more years of school. She stayed with me those two years and she graduated and sent me this wonderful thank you note and gift for just helping her to realize she had made the right decision about majoring in accounting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was that, that's something I do to this day as well. I have another accounting intern that works for me and I'm getting ready to hire another one. So I enjoy that because it allows me to also give back to my profession mm-hmm. by helping to mentor those that are up and coming. And I just love sharing my experience because that's what they want to know. Well, what are the options for us out there as an accountant? What did you do? And did you like it or did mm-hmm. you not like it? And I am like one of the best decisions I ever made was majoring in accounting because I did not realize the vast number of opportunities that were mm-hmm. out there. Like if you think about it, every industry needs accountants. Yeah. And I was blessed enough to work in the entertainment industry at a at Paramount Pictures on a studio lot as an accountant. I mean, it's just like, I mean, of course you know that, but then when it happens, you're like, wow, this is cool. Because yeah. people <laughs> always think of accountants as having cool jobs, but I did. Celebrities were at my workplace. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally 
would think of accounting of just like sitting in the office, just, you know, computer, hand on computer on one, <laughs> one hand and then hand on the calculator, the other one, just like yes. in the town. Which, yes, <laughs> that was me as well. But I mean, it was nothing for me to leave my office to go to the cafeteria and grab some lunch and, you know, pass by Tom Cruise or whoever's on the lot at that time. They're shooting a movie. They're going to the same cafeteria we are grabbing lunch. Yeah, they're not bringing it crazy. to them. <laughs> right? Crazy. So where do your interns go after they graduate? Do they just kind of go on their own and decide what path they want to take then? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the intern that I had initially, the one that I was talking about that graduated, she ended up going to work for a nonprofit. And what did she do? Reach out to me when they needed help to set up their bookkeeping. Obviously, you know, she she knew some things, but there were some things mm-hmm. that she wasn't familiar with because nonprofits are a bit different. So there's that. And then the intern that I'm working with right now, she's still trying to figure out what she wants to do. She's got some more schooling to go, like a couple more years. And so mm-hmm. I'm helping her, like, you know, just kind of figure out what she wants to do. So, yeah. Okay. So I guess kind of the, um, the whole topic of the podcast is like escaping the limitate the limiting beliefs of not being a number person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess going back to how you said you didn't realize the vast opportunities that you have. Mm-hmm. I am realizing it now. How many people I've talked to that like I'm so bad at math. I'm no good at mum- numbers. I don't like math. And I mean, you're you're absolutely correct. The vast amount of opportunity opportunities that you might have but also helping to teach people to get past that belief that say that they're not a numbers person. Like you can be a numbers person, you know, you can help teach them how to to be that numbers person. Right. Right. And that's, that's like one of the main issues with a lot of my clients that come to me, obviously that don't have an accounting or bookkeeping background and that's most small business owners. Right. Yeah. And I, One of the things I'll share with you guys is I actually was not a numbers person coming up in school. Okay. okay. Math was my worst subject. (laughs) I'm a licensed CPA now. Math was my worst subject. (laughs) I could not stand math until I got to my junior year in high school and I took a bookkeeping class. Mm -hmm. It was an elective. And so I was just like, I'm going to take this and see what happens. And so what was interesting, and I guess I should back up. So the math I'm referring to is algebra, calculus, pre-calculus, geometry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was terrible at that math. But when I got to this bookkeeping class, I loved it. Why? Because it was really simple math. And so for me, I fell in love with numbers in that class. It was taught by a gentleman who was a CPA and he had his own firm. So I actually made the decision as a junior in high school that I, that was going to be me one day. I'm going to wow. be a CPA. I'm going to have my own firm. Like that's how much I really enjoyed that class. Yeah. But it wasn't always like that. And so I tell my clients that you're not a numbers person because you haven't, it hasn't been explained to you what this thing called bookkeeping is Mm -hmm. and how it works in layman's terms. Okay. A lot of people use that technical language, the, you know, the jargon that, you know, accountants use and 
people's eyes are just going to glaze over if you do that. Yeah. You can't yeah. do that. And I can't stand up in a classroom and do that because people mm-hmm. are going to tune out as they should. <laughs> and so I really use simple and easy to understand language. And I provide a lot of examples, real world examples to get my concepts across. And that's in the online course, in my book, and in my one-on-one sessions with my clients. And so Mm -hmm. because they actually understand what I'm saying, they actually move from, okay, I'm not a number person to like, okay, maybe I could do this. (laughs) And then of course, when they get that hands on, it's like, okay, I've got this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a process. It's a process for sure. So if you didn't like math in high school, what made you want to try taking bookkeeping? Like I know in my mind, I'd be like, no, I don't like math. Like, what is the point in trying to take a bookkeeping class? What made you want to try that? You know, so I want to say the reason why I took that class was I had an aunt who was studying accounting. And I remember her just kind of briefly talking about it. Of course, she ended up not going that way. She ended up being a nurse instead. (laughs) But she was studying accounting at this point in time. And I might, I think I ran it across her. I was like, well, what is, do you know what bookkeeping is? Or what is this? Is this this accounting that you're doing? And it was because of her that I took the class. And I didn't really think about it in terms of, oh, it's another math class. And probably because of the way she explained it. Um, And I'm glad because I probably wouldn't have taken it if I thought it was just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say my mom's sister, my aunt Barbara, she's probably the reason why I took that class. (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. I'm glad that she was able to have a different insight on, you know, what bookkeeping is, because I I know I'm not alone in thinking that bookkeeping is just, quote unquote, math, and I would not (laughs) want to take a bookkeeping class. So that's awesome that she's able to give you a, you know, a different description on what kind of what bookkeeping is. For you to to want to try it out. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) All right. Well, as we wrap this up, do you have any advice that you think would be implemental or important for our listeners? So I would just say definitely one of the things I'll say is you want to try to not bury your head in the sand when it comes to the numbers. Yeah. It's hard not to do. It's hard not to do. And especially if you've got someone taking care of it, a Mm -hmm. lot of business owners are like, oh, I've got a bookkeeper that does all of that. And that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. But what I would like to share with you is if you're not already doing so, schedule a meeting on your calendar once a month to meet with that person and have that bookkeeper go over. If nothing else, they need to show you your profit and loss statement from the previous month. And maybe your accounts receivable aging report, which will just basically show you all the open invoices, what your customers owe you. And then accounts payable, which will show you what you owe your vendors or suppliers. You should be reviewing those reports monthly. Mm -hmm. And if you have a person that is not good about explaining things, because that's great. They can provide you with the reports, but they should be able to explain to you how to read the reports. And if they can't, You need to hire a CPA or someone else that can, okay? Because you don't want to wait until tax time to find out how things are going. You need to know 
really consistently, I say monthly. I mean, me personally, of course, I do my own books. I have on my calendar a regular appointment uh, the first Saturday of every month to sit down, finish my book, keeping if I haven't, you know, I have my bank statements by then. I can reconcile everything. And then I actually look at my reports. Okay, what did, how did I do last month? How was this last month? Because mm-hmm. you kind of have an idea in your head, but it might be a completely different story once you look at the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then let's say, for example, that you sell products, just for example. You sell products and you look at these reports and you realize that out of all the products you have in inventory, there's only two or three that are selling and everything else is collecting dust, right? Mm-hmm. That it's time to have a sale to get those other products moving. And then you probably want to make a different decision when it comes to ordering products. We won't be ordering those anymore because our customers aren't really thrilled about them. We'll be ordering more of this product because these are the ones that are flying off the shelves, right? Those are the kind of decisions that you can make if you are using a accounting software product and you're updating it regularly. Those are key decisions to whether or not you're going to be profitable. Okay. And so that's, that's the main reason to, you know, implement a good accounting software program and partner with a CPA, not to get your taxes done. So you can make some <laughs> business decisions. We know you got to get your taxes done, but, yeah. <laughs> but don't you want to stay in business? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the, yeah. The monthly meeting, that's a really good idea because I don't know how many times I've seen people post about like, you know, my accountant screwed me over or my books are all a mess. Or like you said, their accountant just left them and then they're just, you know, they're like, holy crap, what do I do? You know, I I don't know how to take care of all this stuff. So meeting with an accountant is, that's a great idea. That's that's good advice monthly. Definitely. You don't want to get stuck, whether it be at tax time or at any time when you don't realize what's going on in your business or, you know, God forbid, some kind of fraud or something. If you're not meeting with an accountant, then you have no clue what all what all is going on. Exactly. And they can be doing anything. I mean, I've had I've had this recent client, her sister. So it's a family business. The mm-hmm. older sister was managing the books. The younger sister wasn't involved. And the father who's doing all the work wasn't involved. Well, the older sister got upset. And so she locked them out of their software and she started writing checks to herself because she's the signer on the account. I mean, and yeah, this is a family member. So you think that this person wouldn't, you know, this isn't a a complete stranger, but it doesn't matter who it is. You shouldn't be held hostage. (laughs) I mean, that's, yeah, it was a hard lesson for them to learn. So now I'm helping them to rebuild they can't even file their taxes for last year because they can't access the data. Oh, <laughs> so, no. I mean, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of situations come to you then. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. crazy. That's yeah. sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like to wrap up each episode with three different questions. So I have one that I'm stealing from Jen, and I think okay. I might know your answer on it. What is your favorite business tool that you use and why? Okay, I've been talking about QuickBooks all this time. So okay. that's kind of what I figured. <laughs> uh, but can I give you my second favorite? Yeah, <laughs> I love Calendly. 
Okay. I mean, Calendly is amazing because I used to go back and forth over email scheduling my clients for appointments. And now I've got a button on my website that they can click and they book their own appointments and then it just shows up on my calendar. Yeah. (laughs) And they can pay through that button and I love it. (laughs) Totally agree. I like Calendly. I like it from a client's point of view and I like it from Mm -hmm. a business point of view. I mean, like you said, it's just seamless interaction, just here's my appointments available. You book what's when you're available and then yes. it shows up on your calendar and you're good to go. I love it. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. All right. If I were to come to visit you, where would we go for drinks and what would we have? Oh, so my favorite restaurant is, well, I have two, but we'll probably <laughs> go to a restaurant called Papado. Papado? Um, Papado. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's like a Cajun seafood restaurant. And so we would have their signature drink, which is called a Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. It's amazing. And then we would probably have some type of, I would say, like, uh, you know, any kind of fish dish, like mahi-mahi or catfish. I like it blackened. I like it fried. So we probably have that. And, um, yeah, so. Delicious. (laughs) We just moved to Florida not too long ago. And I mean, we had fish in Kentucky, which is where we moved from. But Mm -hmm. being in Florida, we have all different kinds of seafood that we can have now. And Um, my husband goes surf fishing all the time. So if whatever he catches, we're able to cook. So we're like, you know, experimenting with different types of food and seasonings. And it tastes different in smoker than it does in an oven, than it does on a grill. And just all different kinds of things. It's, oh, man. And I love seafood. So I hear you. Having those options is amazing. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Getting me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) okay last question if you could go back and give your your 18 year old self a piece of advice what would it be if i could give myself advice it would probably be don't overwork yourself that's a good during the years when i worked 60 to 70 hour weeks obviously there was no balance there because i worked seven days a week yeah so it was just very stressful and so i would say if i could go back then i would tell myself don't do that (laughs) (laughs) find more of a balance and you know yeah definitely I mean luckily it got you to where you are now but that time before you started your own journey working all those hours I mean that's that's hard that's hard on you physically and mentally and emotionally and you know exactly having that balance is really important yeah yeah absolutely All right. Well, Crystalyn, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today. I have really enjoyed our conversation. You've given me a lot of insight and information that I didn't know about. I mean, I am not a numbers person. I am not a <laughs> person. So it has been really right. interesting to learn all these things. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And I just wanted to mention that I have a couple of gifts for your listeners. So if they go to crystalandshelton.com backslash podcast, I have a checklist called your first seven days in QuickBooks. So if you're brand new to QuickBooks or if you're on the fence about purchasing QuickBooks, I've got a link there where you can purchase it for a discount. And I've also got this checklist that you can download for free. Okay. And I did want to ask, I forgot, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, or is there, is there um, a way to 
get in touch with you directly or do you have any social media that you like to uh, connect through? What, what would you suggest? Yeah, they can reach out to me directly. Um, my email is hello at crystallinshelton.com. Mm-hmm. And then that page that I just mentioned, crystallinshelton.com backslash podcast, they can book an initial consultation uh, with me or they can go ahead and book coaching sessions or they're like, I'm ready to get started as well on that same page. Okay. What about your course? Is that on your webpage as well? Yes. Okay. And my online course is available for purchase on that page as well. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, Crystalina, I appreciate it very much. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sabrina. You too. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week.